Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you. Another Tuesday evening where we continue our reflections into the book of Genesis. We are in chapter 18 this evening, as promised. We are going to get into Abraham's intercession on behalf of Sodom. Some real insight there to be had. Uh, But before we get into that, I did just want to make a brief comment about yesterday's program. I did have some people come up to me uh, who were struck about what they discovered yesterday. And by that, I mean how (laughs) what we saw in this dialogue between God and Sarah is really what we still see today. You know, what did we read in those closing verses of our discussion yesterday? When the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, God said, I will return to you in the spring, and Sarah shall have a son. And there we had Sarah's response. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. But you did laugh. You were struck yesterday by how what we do today is what they did 4,000 years ago. This need to say, I didn't do something when we actually did something. Right? Why do we do that? Well, as we discussed yesterday, because of fear, because of shame, because we don't want to be responsible for our own undoing. When in reality, it is only through our accountability and being responsible that we come to discover the best version of who we are called to be. 4,000 years and not a whole lot has changed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, human nature is a funny thing, and maybe more specifically, we should say a fickle thing. We are constantly wanting to point the finger, never wanting to take ownership for what we have done, unless it's going to bring us affirmation. Please understand that what we talked about yesterday is a very important lesson and counsel to the spiritual life. We need to be truthful. We need to be truthful. Why? Because truth itself is not subject to time. This point might be the one point that surprised you the most. Gosh, yeah. 4,000 years later, we're still saying, I didn't do that. No, 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 I didn't do that. When God says, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So my dear friends, please be present to what we talked about yesterday as it speaks to this call to be truthful, mindful, that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Why? Because God is love. And if we are going to learn the language of love, then we must open ourselves to that love, that love who is God. All right, now, this evening, we are going to talk about this fascinating narrative where Abraham is interceding on behalf of Sodom. So let's jump into this episode. This will have us reading chapter 18, verses 16 to, to 33. Then the men set out from there, and they looked toward Sodom. 
and Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall bless themselves by him? No, for I have chosen him, that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry which has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within this city. Will you then destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered, Behold, I have taken upon myself to suppose to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. All right. <laughs> this very famous narrative, this very famous episode has some very intriguing pieces to discuss, does it not? Let me just first say what we are talking about here as it relates to uh, intercession. The word comes from the Latin intercessio, and the Latin literally translates as the going in between, right? The going in between. So to go in between two people, right? This is what intercession is all about. And we are called to intercede. We are, we are called to mediate. I know many people go to that passage from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, where it talks about, well, there's only one mediation, and, and that's in the person of Jesus Christ. And that is absolutely right. Paul is spot on, of course. But what else does Paul say in those verses? What does he say in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4? But to intercede, but to mediate, but to pray for one another. And how can he say this? Because we share in the one mediation of Christ. Remember, when we are baptized into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are now sharing in the very 
divine life of God. And part of that sharing, part of that participation is to actively intercede on behalf of one another. This is why we ask our brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for us when we are in need. So when we talk about this mediation, understand uh, the importance of what we are talking about, our call to share in this one mediation, our call to share in this intercession. And certainly uh, what you have here is a foretaste of that in the figure of Abraham interceding on behalf of Sodom. So with that, what I want to do is jump into these verses and kind of develop what this episode is all about. So here we have this section, which really reveals kind of a break from where we've been. We've been talking about fellowship in relationship to the three men and Abraham and Sarah into judgment. So after eating with Abraham and and eating with Sarah, Abraham and the three men, well, we could say walk off their meal, if you will, okay? Abraham didn't just wave goodbye to his visitors, right? He walked with them a while to send them off, as chapter 18, verse 16 notes. And it was during this time that Abraham learned about Sodom. Imagine if Abraham hadn't taken the time to walk with them. Would he have known about God's purpose and plan? No. And I know this would be so easy for most of us to just kind of gloss over and move on, but how important is it to be mindful of that first principle of our relationship with God, of our prayer life with God, but to walk with Him? If we do not make time to spend with the Lord, we will not understand His purpose. We will not understand His plan. We will not understand His ways, and we will be confused about our thinking of Him, as Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 to 9 reminds us. We, we can't build a relationship on the fly. One of the things that I'm concerned about today in 2018 is that we've gotten so busy, we're doing everything on the fly, right? We're going from point A to point B, point B to point C, and we just never really stop to pause and, and exhale, There's that great scene from Shawshank Redemption where the librarian, oh, what was his name? Brooks, 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 who's been in prison for, oh, 50 years, he gets out. And in one of his letters, he says, you know, the world has just gotten itself in one big dang hurry. You know, and I just thought that was so true. We've just gotten in one big hurry. Everything is on the fly. From fast food to ball games, everything we do, we just don't sit and, and enjoy the moment. And, and if we're not on the fly, we've got our head in our iPhones or, or iPads or whatever machine is before us. Brothers and sisters, we have to walk with God. If we are going to attempt to understand God's ways, we need to make time to do so. And certainly, this is something we need to be present to because, yes, this is what is going on in the beginning of this narrative. So, during this walk, what does the Lord say? Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed? So, the Lord chooses to disclose his intentions to Abraham. Why? Because he is a channel of blessing to all the nations of the earth. And isn't it interesting that Abraham is called 
God's friend. In John chapters 14 and 15, Jesus invites his disciples to enjoy friendship with him. Yet he explains that friendship is based on what in verses 21 and 23? Obedience. Why would he say this? Well, what is obedience? Obadire, to listen. If you're going to be a good friend, you have to listen. Brothers and sisters, are we actively and intentionally seeking to obey Christ in every area of our life? That is to say, are we listening to God and responding to God and our actions in every area of our life? Do we long to be God's friend? In chapter Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, the Lord further explains his purpose for Abraham. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. Brothers and sisters, Abraham was chosen to be a blessing to the whole earth. But his vocation, my friends, was to begin to take effect in the simplest way. Command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. His being a blessing to the world depended on his being a blessing to who? His own home. How many times have we talked about this? Maybe in our evangelical fervor, we want to evangelize the world. Or maybe we just want to evangelize our local community. But if you have not first evangelized your home, how good is your evangelization going to be? Not very. And certainly this is a point to be had here this evening as it relates to Genesis chapter 18 and this early conversation between Abraham and God. Be a blessing to your home, and then, and only then, can you be a blessing to the world. Why do you think Satan's attacking the family? If he succeeds in attacking the family, well then, my friends, there are going to be a whole lot less people evangelizing the world. His being a blessing to the world depended on his being a blessing to his own home. Do we share this priority? I have those infamous words of St. Teresa of Calcutta echoing in my ear when the elder lady came running up to her on the stage and she was ready to become a missionary in Timbuktu, maybe traveling to Calcutta. And she asked Mother Teresa, what is it you want me to, to, to do? Where do you want me to go? And Mother Teresa cupped the face of this elderly woman and said, go home, look into the eyes of your grandchildren and feed their spiritual poverty. Mm, mm, mm. All right, what else here? Well, the Lord further tells Abraham that he will accomplish this task by training his children in what but doing righteousness and justice. Now, if you were to go into uh, the commentaries, they will quickly point out that uh, the way of justice and the way of righteousness was known through the dictates of what but the natural law inscribed on the heart. Certainly, as we shall see, uh, these desired behaviors of righteousness and justice are contrasted with what but the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, in verse 19, we read in this last phrase, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. So, 
This very much emphasizes the conditional aspect of God's unconditional covenant with Abraham. So if Abraham and his descendants are to personally enjoy the benefits of the covenant, they must follow God's commandments. Like Abraham, if if we are to enjoy fellowship with God, we must what? Obey Jesus. We can't enjoy fellowship with God if we disobey the Lord's commandments, right? We know this. We experience abundant life when we are worried and, and feel miserable. No. When we are living in God's grace, his life and his love, then and only then will we know what righteousness, righteousness, and justice is all about. Okay, so in verses 20 to 21, we read, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know. Interestingly here, the word for outcry is used in Scripture to describe the cries of the oppressed the brutalized. It is used for the cry of the oppressed widow or orphan, the the cry of the oppressed servant, and the cries of Israel in Egypt. We read in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 to 50, these cries. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had arrogance, abundant food, and careless ease. But she did not help the poor and needy. Thus they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore I removed them when I saw it. So there is a cry that went out from Sodom and Gomorrah. Certainly, if you look at the arrogance and the the abundant food and and the careless ease and the lack of concern for the poor and needy and all of that, this eventually leads to haughtiness and the abominations that we usually equate with Sodom. Yes, (laughs) Sodom was sexually depraved, but there were also other things going on before, before the sexual sin. And I, I highlight that there because in the end, as we get so caught up in focusing on what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, what we forget about is that there was something else going on before that, other sins that led to that. Okay, now what about this uh, verse 21? The Lord declares, I will go down and see. The Lord declares, I will go down and see. Now, when I read this, I thought to myself, wait a second. Did God not really know what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah? Why this language, I will go down and see? Why is God depicted in in human-like terms, as though he had to investigate Sodom and Gomorrah firsthand in order to confirm reports of their wickedness. Why did he do this? He is not going down to learn the facts. He already knows everything. This is Moses' figurative way of saying that God always thoroughly investigates the crimes before passing a sentence, right? By this, he assures Abraham that he would base his judgment on full accurate information that he, of course, already perfectly knew. And what's so important for us to understand is this leads to the bargaining, if you will. This is an invitation for Abraham to begin the process of interceding 
on behalf of the people. Also, we should say that in this verse, we must come to grips with the reality that God personally observes sin. The Hebrew text literally says, I will go down personally and see if their sin is made complete. Think about that. I will go down personally and see if their sin is made complete. You see, sin has been building up in Sodom. God has delayed judgment because of his love and mercy. More sin builds up. Now the cup of sin has been filled and God moves in judgment. He goes down to see personally. He does not judge sin on what others report. He does not judge the observations of his assistants. He does it himself. And of course, we have that very sobering question that is before us. How much sin would you carry out if, if God was sitting next to you? I mean, that's kind of the, the big question before us as we reflect into Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, so... As we seek now to better understand God's justice and grace, God's justice and mercy, let us read these verses. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? The two angels leave, and the Lord remains with Abraham. Abraham then came near and began praying. What is going on here? Effective prayer is a matter of drawing near to God so we can pray with his heart. Again, in this section, Abraham, the friend of God, becomes a true friend of men. Earlier, Abraham was the savior of Sodom, right? We read that in chapter 14, verses 13 to 16. Now, he becomes Sodom's intercessor. Remember, to intercede is to plead the case of another person, to go in between. Here, Abraham's relationship with God has taken on a new dimension, concern for someone other than himself. All other previous dialogues between Abraham and God had all concerned the covenant promises and Abraham's need for assurance that the promises were true and irrevocable. In chapter 18 verses 24 to 25 we read suppose there are 50 righteous within the city will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it far be it from you to do such a thing to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike far be it from you shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly Abraham's primary purpose seems to have been what but to secure justice, deliverance for the, for the righteous minority in their wicked cities. In chapter 18, verse 26, the dialogue continues. The Lord replies, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. My friends, to save the cities for ten righteous showcases God's what? But extraordinary grace, amazing mercy, beautiful mercy. Although he is a God of justice, his grace is all-compassing, 
His mercy is all-surpassing. When we ponder this truth, it should affect our lives. Right Christian living comes out of right Christian thinking. In chapter 18, verse 27, Abraham replies, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Abraham here models this profound deference and humility. When he says, I am but dust and ashes, we ought to approach God with the same kind of reverence and awe. And then he continues, suppose the 50 righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. He spoke to him yet again and said, suppose 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the 40. <laughs> what kind of bargaining is it? This is really striking when you just kind of sit with this text. I had an, an old professor of mine once call this an auctioneer in, in reverse. I was looking up some commentaries, reading up on these passages, and the same thing was being said. He is kind of like a reverse auctioneer in this whole bargaining. And as I'm looking up at the clock, we are out of time. What we're going to do next week is take a close examination into, yes, God's justice and yes, God's mercy, but also the uniqueness of this bargaining that is going on, the uniqueness of this kind of auctioning in reverse. I want to encourage you to, to think about the things we've talked about this evening, that first and foremost, we are walking in the presence of God. And when we walk in the presence of God, we do so as a friend of God, and of course today as a friend of Jesus. And as we are a friend of Jesus, we will come to understand there is the place where we can better understand God's purpose and plan, just not for our own life and how we are called to live with righteousness and justice in our own homes that we might be better evangelizers for the world, okay? But also, my friends, as we begin to seek to better discover how we might become an agent for evangelization in unsuspecting ways, okay? All right, let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.